The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower any creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Undeniably a pleasure to have you here this week. Although I will say, it is one of those show nights where the calendar has conspired against us basketball fans. We do this show in Miami, Florida, and thus I am what you would call a Miami Heat fan. And normally, my love for Break the Business and my love for Heat stay separated. But on this night, the calendar has conspired against us. And as we are recording this, I have to uh, not be watching the Heat and Celtics locked in Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Let me talk to somebody else who's got to be similarly stressed out about this. Our co-host, Elisa Rockdock. Hey, Elisa. Hey, and you feel the heat down in your soul. I feel the heat <laughs> down in my soul. Oh, my God. So You are I the know- only person that I would miss the Heat game for. So, thanks. Well, you should know around here at Break the Business, we have a solution for this, okay? Producer Lauren is our designated heat watcher. <laughs> and throughout the broadcast, she will be sending us um, either private messages or I think if she can do this, I'd love to see her actually put it in as a banner at the bottom of the stream. Wow, Just have cool. her randomly interrupt the show with heat updates. Just have them like pop in no matter what we're doing, no matter oh the topic. Gosh. And just like have her either like make us feel really good or absolutely crush our spirits in the middle of the show and have us and all the fans know how the heat are doing. I'm stressed about it. I'm trying to focus on the show, but like I'm, I'm, I'm a little sweaty, a little flop sweat right now. Just, just, just a little puckered over here. Um, not only in the 305, but in the 305 diaspora of which I am a part of. Um, yeah, really fun team to watch. When you can watch them. But we have a great show tonight. We, we do, do have, have a great, great show tonight. And I'm I'm trying my best to focus on them. But uh, you know, great show. Our guest coming up in the next segment, uh, Mikhail Porter, co-founder and CEO of the music platform, a social music platform, Needle Music. I love a lot about this platform, Elisa. I know you are something of a social media maven yourself. I think you're going to dig this platform, okay? It is a a social media platform built all around your affinity for music. It is connected to your Spotify, and every day, like, it puts up your top songs that you're listening to that day. It's shared with others. You can like other people's songs, and you build, like, influencer credit on the platform so you can sort of establish yourself as a music influencer and trendsetter on the platform. Yeah. There are lots of social media platforms out there that use music as kind of an accoutrement for it, like, you know, Instagram or TikTok. But this is a platform where music really is the focus. So I'm excited mm. to talk to Mikhail all, all about it. And bonus, he uh, is founding the company right here in Miami. So, hey, 
Okay. Yeah. All right. He's probably also stressed out that he's missing the Heat game right now. He's probably <laughs> yep. going to have it up on the screen behind him while he's interviewing with us. Yeah, and all the folks at home that are listening after the live broadcast are either going to be so excited for how happy we'll be or excited about how mad we're about to be in the next, you know, 45 minutes. So Here's what I can predict about this Heat game. Whichever way it's going to go, it's not going to be close. Oh, We're no. either going to win by 50 or lose by 50 because that's how this whole series has gone. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know which way the pendulum is supposed to swing uh, tonight, but hopefully it's Udonis Haslam's direction. Just put him in. Put him <laughs> that's in. what I'm saying. Why not? <laughs> nothing My, left to like, lose. <laughs> I, nothing. This is going to be like such a deep cut for Heat fans, but nothing makes me happier than like when the game and the Heat are up by 35 points and they put in like a 43-year-old Udonis Haslam and he makes mm. that little like that little 18-foot baby jumper that he makes. Oh, good takes me back makes me feel good <laughs> I, I gotta tell you Elisa I was uh before I was on with this show I had like a conference session with an indie artist I do this sometimes where people like send me artists where they're like hey can you just talk to this person they don't have any money they can't pay you for anything but like goodness of your heart just give this person some advice and almost always I say yes to that. And I'm afraid to actually mention that on the air because now I'm going to get a bunch of people emailing me. Hey, okay, can you give me a free Okay, his email console? is. Everybody write this down. <laughs> but generally I do this because, and, and, and for selfish reasons too, because I really enjoy talking to artists. Like that's why I do this and it's it makes me very happy. <laughs> and yeah, and, and you know, it, it, it often like, you know, one out of every hundred of these maybe leads to a client. But I'm talking to this artist and this amazing, like, 17-year-old female guitar prodigy, like, might even be younger than 17, but just amazing guitar player. And, but, like, hasn't done anything with it yet because, you know, just focused on school. And she's like, I want to get out there. I want to do some stuff with music. And she asked me, like, where should I start? Like, if I'm starting at zero, where do I start? And I told her, well, if this were, if we were having this conversation three years ago, I might have a different answer for you. But today, if you're starting at zero and you're trying to find like the smoothest path, not that there's any smooth path, but the yeah. smoothest path to like gaining fans when you have zero fans, I'd say TikTok. Yep, absolutely. Like, Start a TikTok. Um, something tells me that like, you know, young female guitar player just doing amazing stuff on guitar, that, that could catch fire on the platform. I mean, because she, she's really, really good. And... And so never in my lifetime in working in this industry have I ever identified a platform that is so good at, you know, revealing you to audiences that are already tailor-made to your stuff and allowing you to materialize fans that otherwise wouldn't have been there. And TikTok's far from perfect. I'm not saying it's the solution to all our problems in the industry, but it does some things well, and that's one of them. Here's the problem, though, is that... It's so good at doing that. It's so good at breaking an artist from zero to something. Um, it's so good at making something go viral that not only have independent musicians like that are starting at zero, like the person I was talking to today figuring this out, but now record labels are figuring this out. Ruin everything. And, and right, like right, we have this fun little thing and now the major labels have to come in. And so what we're starting to see, and uh, there were some tweets that came out this week, and you, you actually sent me some on this, Elisa, because you yeah. were like identifying this too, that's bearing this out, is that record labels in the last couple of years, after seeing TikTok's power to make hits happen, to break artists out of nowhere, 
Labels are just throwing everything into TikTok now. Uh, so much so that basically record labels are signing you to record deals and they're telling you, go get popular on TikTok. We're not going to release your track. We're not going to sponsor your tour. We're not going to do anything for you until you make something go viral on TikTok. And uh, uh, you had sent me a, a tweet. I don't know if Lauren can put this up of just a bunch of artists that are name brand artists complaining about this very phenomenon. Lauren, do you have this tweet for us? This is unbelievable. Okay, so, all right, so yeah, we got some pictures here of, like, that's Halsey. Um, and what what's she saying there? And my record company is saying that they can't release it unless they can fake a viral moment on TikTok. I think you have some other pictures there, right? Oh, okay, it's a slideshow. Um, forgive me, I don't know who this artist uh, this is. is uh, I think FK Twigs. Oh, that's why we have you here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and FK Twigs saying, it's true, all record labels ask for our TikToks, and I got told off today for not making enough effort. Do we have more of these? All right, you're going to have to help me with this Char one, too. It's Charlie XCX. Wow! All right. Can clap the sound of how bad this is. <laughs> and she writes, when the label asked me to make my eighth TikTok of the week, and I think I know this last one. Can you put this last one up? That's Florence Welch, right? Bloody I'm not Florence, crazy. Man. Okay. Um, and I can't read the caption there because my eyes are um, terrible. Can you, you got that are one? begging me for lo-fi TikToks. So here you go. Please send help skull and crossbones emoji. <laughs> and this was in March. Okay, so... This is the strategy now. So 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the record label strategy was a broad-based campaign of usually a combination of terrestrial radio promotion, trying to get you on the Tonight Show, mm -hmm. and, you know, throwing in some, like, you know, maybe getting you to open for Britney Spears or something like that. And that was fine because that was generally only something a label could do for you as opposed to being right. an indie artist. If you're an indie artist, you can't get on The Tonight Show. If you're an indie artist, it's really hard to get AM, FM radio to play your music. So now, me coming at this as the indie artist lawyer, trying to talk artists out of record deals, if all record labels are going to tell artists to do is go make a viral TikTok, what the hell do you need a label for? Yeah, and how and and could you tell me typically what percentage this label makes just for being like, we recommend that you make um one of those um one of those TikTok things. How much are they getting paid to do that? I mean, eighty five percent, ninety percent, and that's assuming that you pay off the advance that the label made to like you know put out your record and pay the independent promoters. Um, so. That's the choice you now run into is that we've had we have this convergence in the music industry where whether you are this this young guitar player, <laughs> yes, heat up by two. That is a that is a okay. great score update, producer Lauren. Fantastic. That's not bad. Thank you. That's so how much. we do this. All right. So far, so good. I'm instantly in a good mood. Um but now I've lost my train of thought. Yeah, okay, we have this converge this industry where whether you are the young female guitar player that I was talking to earlier today, starting at zero, or you are freaking Halsey and Florence of Florence and the Machine, the strategy is the same. We've all converged on TikTok is the way to do things now. So if TikTok's the way to do things now, why sign to a label where you're only going to get 15% of whatever money comes in? And also, like, what it what it suggests is... Um, it's not necessarily an investment in the actual artist 
either because it and it's just basically like throwing spaghetti at the wall and this is this particular thing that is sticking this day um and it's and it's very clear that like no one knows what they're doing and all labels are doing are grasping at straws like we all are trying to find which is the cutest algorithm to be able to jump on um and then when you put all of your eggs in that one social media basket you are one code change away um and also you are like which is hilarious considering that like the digital millennium copyright act called <laughs> so they're like <laughs> urging tiktoks to be made but you know these might be the first people that are like yeah, yeah yeah but not you though random person using this sound from this music that you do not have licensed um this is going to be a very very interesting thing now that the corpos have gotten to it i feel bad this is sort of related but like doja cat went through a similar thing with brand deals in general um she had to create a song for taco bell about the mexican pizza um because the mexican pizza was being brought back and you could see how painful it was for her to post it on tiktok she's like i am going to legitimately make this thing as bad as possible <laughs> on purpose and they used it anyway they brought the mexican pizza back you hear her at her shows going i brought the mexican pizza back you're welcome And <laughs> <laughs> like are you okay are the artists okay clearly not no one is okay yeah. and like yes brand deals are cool we all got to get our money but damn literally at what cost <laughs> yeah. and the thing is for labels to base their entire promotional strategy around an artist on make something viral happen on TikTok woefully underestimates how difficult and how completely random and up to chance it is to make something go viral on TikTok. It's not something that you can just make happen. And if an artist can't make something go viral, which is never their fault, you wind up with a situation where a release gets delayed because the uh, the label's going to say, well, we're not releasing the single. We're not releasing the album until we release the single. We're not going to release the single until you can make something viral happen on TikTok around the single. So the release gets pushed back and it gets pushed back. And now your three out al- or your five album deal gets pushed back. It becomes a three-year deal, a five-year deal. And when you have, uh, you know, And when record deals are based not on years, but on the number of albums they could put out, if the label decides we're never going to release album number one because we don't we didn't make something viral happen on TikTok, artists get stuck in the record deal forever. Yep. Um, to, to wit, um, Marina, uh, Diamandis from Marina and the Diamonds. Um, one of her songs, um, just finally hit platinum 10 years after it was released. Um, and she recently just became independent and got out of her deal. And there's a beautiful TikTok of her at a show saying, this is my first show since going independent. And like the crowd roar she got was like actually incredibly affecting, but she, this song that is an absolute hit that I heard 10 years ago and I'm hearing now making its way through TikTok. She said that originally the label didn't want to make a music video for it. So she couldn't. And now finally 10 years later, it's going platinum. And it's sort of like these missed opportunities from like not letting an artist try a thing 
to help sell the actual art and help make them money. It's bananas. Um, But then they're like, hey, this this thing's going to make money. Just go do that. Doesn't matter about any kind of like artistic integrity or whether this is actually in keeping with like your own personal brand or whether this works, because there's so many people that could take that route especially these legacy artists and then get hello fellow kids off the platform. (laughs) If they do it wrong. Um, Like it's like, it's, it's not for everyone. And it's, and it sucks because as somebody who has worked in social media and community management for almost a decade now, it is painful that the stereotype of the social media intern all you have to do is just sort of know how to tweet and be young um to to do well on social media it actually undermines the hard work that goes into actually crafting social media and community strategy and so like the idea that these corpos these freaking stuffed suits can just be like oh just make that go viral can you do that Ah, it makes me want to shake something because that is one of the most underpaid and underutilized and misunderstood industries and and titles in the industry regardless of whether it's the music industry, the video game industry, etc. And so to hear just like, "Oh, just make this thing go viral. How hard can that be?" It just drives me up the wall. That has to be the most frustrating thing that you can get from an executive in your line of work, whether it's like social media or community management, where they they describe the best possible outcome as the job they want you to do. Not yeah. create a social media campaign like make this go viral. It would be yeah. like telling an artist, you know, instead of make this album, make the album go triple platinum. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make art. Make starry night can you do one of those can you just whip out a starry night real quick just like just a, real quick you know just like you know that mona lisa that that guy did like just can you do that that would no. be great like like <laughs> no one no one can do a zola story except the person who originally did like the 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 zola thread like it's it's it takes a kind of authenticity and that is a thread regardless of what platform it is what people crave is authenticity and a genuine connection to the person that is the promise of what social media offers and when someone smells brand on you it stinks (laughs) it absolutely stinks and on tiktok for some reason maybe it's just because of like the prevalence of gen z's on the platform the the inauthenticity detectors of the people on TikTok are so finely tuned. They can detect it so easily. If they think for even a millisecond that they're being sold something, they shut down. Oh, absolutely. You know, and especially on a platform like TikTok where like you can skip the ads with a swipe, right? An ad is just like any other video on TikTok. You're not forced to watch it like you are on YouTube. Um, if you are even feeling for a second that you're being sold something, you can immediately give like the digital vaudeville mm-hmm. hook and move right on to the next thing. And and they'll probably change that at some point with TikTok. Yeah. But it, <laughs> I've wondered how they've gotten away with it for this long, frankly, where you're not like having just to watch a 30 second video every five minutes. But we're not there yet. And 
until we get to that point, there is always going to be this culture on TikTok where they, where the people on that platform will not tolerate the feeling sold something. They want complete and total unequivocal authenticity. And if they feel like they, and, and they're also really good at detecting whether they feel like they're trying to have a trend forced upon them, yes. right? There, there is a TikTok graveyard of people that try to make dance crazes happen that are super forced or some kind of like comedic bit that is super forced. I have clients that have tried and have failed in this uh, regard. <laughs> like you have to be a hundred percent authentic. And if the viral moment happens, then it happens and you enjoy the ride, but you cannot build your strategy around when the viral thing happens, then we'll do X, Y, Z. Cause you will be waiting forever. And basically all this says is like, if you are starting your career thinking still that some sort of major record label is going to save you from the make XYZ amount of social media posts per week, like if you are currently freelancing and you are hustling and you are grinding and you are thinking, oh man, once I get signed though, Daddy Universal's gonna take care of me. Oh no. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. it's gonna yeah. Oh god, once I get signed to this record deal, I'll never have to make a damn TikTok again. <laughs> yeah, what is the entire point yeah. of like shoot, is are are any of the label marketing companies hiring? Because clearly people are getting paid a lot of money to do Zippo. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I tweeted about this earlier today, and I'll close with this before we go to break. Um, you know, I wrote on Twitter, uh, indie artists, you make TikTok videos to promote your music. Label artists, label tells you to make TikTok videos to promote your music, takes 85%. And that's the industry we're in, right? It's, it's sort of like the, uh, like, you remember those old, uh, that old internet meme of like the capitalism, you have two cows, communism, yeah. you have two cows, the government <laughs> takes them. That's kind of what this is, right? Like, you know. No matter what route you're taking, you're making a ton of TikTok videos. And most likely for at least the foreseeable future, the path to like artists growing your fan base in an organic matter, TikTok's the way to do it. So now the question is, are you going to do it on your own and on your own terms and keep all the money? Or are you going to get into a really bad situation with a record label where they're going to try to force you against your will to make TikToks, eight, nine of them a week? and try to force a viral moment to happen in lieu of letting them happen the way they happen best on the platform, naturally. Authenticity, folks. Find your niche and fill it. Just make art, catalog it, and share it with the world in an authentic fashion, and you will find your people. That is actually one of my favorite things and one of the best things about the TikTok app is how dialed in the algorithm is of course you know the cynic in me is like yeah and then you know all your data and blah. but in terms of just having a place where like i can feel seen um and feel like i am reaching my people tiktok has been the best social media platform so far for that so like just have a ball on it and be yourself and you know yes jump on trends and use the right hashtags or whatever kind of meta it is on the app but the content itself should come from a place of authenticity and sharing who you are because once you deviate from that people are going to know and so you might as well build a foundation based on who you are at the time because that is just way easier than lying by the by, at Elisa Rock Doc on TikTok, kind of a fun little follow. 
You're going to have a good time on there. All right. We're taking the quickest of breaks. And then we're going to be joined by Mikhail Porter of Needle Music here on Break the Business. Do not go anywhere. Corella here. I hope you're enjoying the show and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Corella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Break the Business, everybody. Producer Lauren tells us that the Heat are clinging to a four-point lead i am uh, feeling pretty good about that and i know our guest has got to be feeling pretty good about it as well since he is uh from miami let's go ahead and bring out our guest he is the co-founder and ceo of needle music the social music platform that helps people discover and share music from friends celebrities influencers and other artists needle music is available in app stores and you can find out more about our guest work by visiting www.needlemusic.co we are happy to welcome Mikhail Porter on to break the business. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Doing very, very well. I am. Uh, I'm gotta say, I'm pretty excited about your platform. I've been uh, exploring it, uh, posting my top eight songs on it, and just having an absolute ball. And I love the fact that a platform this cool seems to be coming out of my own neck of the woods. I know you work out of Miami Beach these days, and I believe your co-founders are based on the East and the West Coast. But you're right here in Miami, which we love. And so I'm, I'm wondering uh, how much of what your company is doing is happening right here in our own backyard. Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, we, as you said, we are based across the three major hubs of the U S in LA, Miami, New York, at least for the music scene, maybe with a little Nashville sprinkled in there, but, um, we, we brought this idea together over the pandemic. So it does happen remote on a day-to-day basis, but I'm based here, was born here and we certainly have, certainly have offsites in South Florida um, every so often. Very, very cool. Look, I'm always looking for an excuse to head out to the beach. If you, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I live in Kendall, which as you know, is the complete and total opposite of everything that's fun about where you live. So whenever I can get an excuse to head over to where you are and see something cool, uh, always happy to do it. So you just let me know. Love to, love <laughs> to stop by and check out this cool app. Um, speaking of your app, 
There are, uh, I was talking to Elisa about this in the first segment. There is no shortage of social media apps and other platforms out there that are geared around music in some way, right? Uh, music is a big focus for TikTok, which we were talking about. Uh, you can even share music on platforms like Instagram. But I feel like Needle takes it to the next level in terms of really making music the focus of its platform. Can you talk about how it does that? Yeah, so we initially built this platform to make it easier to find and share music between people. That was really the the core of the idea. We were three good friends that wanted a better way than texting links of songs to each other. Um, so we wanted one layer that was built on top of every type of streaming service. Right now we're in our beta just with Spotify, but the vision is to integrate all the major streaming services. So regardless of what you're listening to, um, where you're paying your subscription, you can find and share music easily between people. And that was where it started and where it's going is just as being really a facilitator of connecting people through the medium of music. So music is such an intimate kind of love language and just an indicator oftentimes of if two people are going to get along. So we really want to help people meet in real life um, and really just connect to each other in a positive way um, on Needle through music, through shared love of music. As I said, I really enjoyed exploring the platform. I created a profile and uh, started putting up my my favorite songs. But uh, I know Elisa, who's a huge social media person and, and having pretty much every social media profile and has worked in social media in very capacities, I think she would dig this. Can you tell Elisa a little bit about how, how what, what you do with the music on platform? Like, tell them about the top eight and the song of the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's a few kind of pillars of the product. And one of those is the song of the day feed, which you can kind of liken to a radio station curated by your friends, where you can post one song a day. Obviously, you can change it out and kind of jump back up to the top of the feed. Uh, but it's one song posted to the feed per day that kind of gives a little flavor of what you're listening to. And it's just a nice passive listening experience with, you know, being able to check in and connect with the people in the world who are posting that music. And then you have a top eight, which is your own profile page, which is kind of a snapshot of your, you know, micro playlist for the day for some of your musical moments, whether it's working out, driving to work, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So um, those are kind of the two, the two main pillars of the product. And then obviously we have group messaging, which is really exciting. And, and people are, are flying messages every day with, yeah. I dig that so much. Uh, how about for you personally? Like, have you, I, I see you're on the platform regularly, obviously. Has the platform actually helped you discover new music? Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's wild. I'm discovering <laughs> 30 or 40 songs that I love every day. And granted, I am probably putting in a little more time than, than most people, but I always joke with my friends that the thing that distracts me the most from actually working is the product itself. And so that's, that's a good thing. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed. I mean, a lot of, a lot of us are for sure. Now I can certainly see how the platform is going to be really great for its users, right? The, you know, it, it helps you discover new music. It helps you kind of establish yourself as something of a music trendsetter or influencer. Um, but how about for creators? Uh, how do you see needle, positively affecting the creator economy as a whole? Yeah, that's one of the areas we're most excited about. Um, we actually envision a curator economy as opposed to the creator economy, where you actually can Ooh. monetize your music curation. Uh, so we think that there's a really exciting opportunity for both brands and people to connect through music. 
And there's no platform that kind of opens the doors to every user in the world, regardless of streaming service, that kind of gives a peek into, you know, your music curation ability, whether it's a, your local DJ being able to kind of monetize their gift to the community or that friend that always has the aux cord or a celebrity as like a peek into a celebrity, right? There's, it's in our mind, it's a way more exciting kind of medium than seeing like, you know, what they're eating for dinner and what they're wearing. I mean, it's all nice, but it's all kind of part of the pie. So we think music should have a slice too. Yeah, it's also kind of exciting for me with like literally some of the work I do, not just as a musician, but also as a content creator. So much of my content revolves around playing music games and oftentimes discovering music that way. And so one of my favorite things is I'm a huge playlist nerd. I have a playlist for every mood. I'm like a sommelier. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of one of the things that I would always offer via things like Patreon is like, oh, here are my favorite songs of the year. Here's my driving playlist. This is the playlist I used to get into character for this particular thing. And it was always kind of difficult to sort of like figure out, okay, how many of my fans are using Spotify versus Apple Music and I'm having to like make the playlist like five different times and all that stuff. This seems like this might be a way to, as a musician and a content creator, be able to funnel my curation as, as a service into one place. So that sounds exciting. 100%. And even before we integrate with everyone else, we think we can offer a lot of value just in the insights alone. You're kind of touching on it where even today with those Spotify users, and that's not to mention, I should say, you can still listen to 30 seconds of every song on the platform, regardless of if you're on Spotify right now or not. Eventually, you'll have full listening, full song listening like our Spotify premium users do. But anyone that's interacting with your music, you can actually see all the stats behind it. Not only can you see the listens, but you can see the likes, the saves to the playlist. We've created this thing called song credit, which is essentially like reposting of a song where if I find it from someone, then I repost it to my profile in a, in a way. You can actually track that thread of discovery. Um, so, I mean, there's so many interesting things that, that we think there lies within this space. And music is so inherently social and no one's really nailed it. And, you know, there's a lot of people trying to help with the discovery aspect. And we think that's important, but really we're after just like facilitating people and allowing this music curation economy to kind of start budding and thriving. Are there certain things about social media that you just generally find to be lacking? Are there certain things that you just seem that you feel are broken in social media that you're trying to fix with needle? Yeah. I mean, we were intentional about this from the start. It's, it's really important to us um, to try and create a positive social media platform, right? I mean, the world, the ones that are out there today are based on things where not everyone can thrive at them or not everyone can kind of gain inherent value from using them. Um, you know, not everyone has a smart opinion for Twitter. And not everyone looks good or wants to photograph their life on Instagram, right? I mean, it's just the reality. It certainly hasn't stopped people on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. But I, I know people that want to express themselves in music. And we just think there should be a positive outlet for people to express themselves in music and draw inspiration from others and find that favorite song through your favorite friend or maybe from a new friend um, and actually bring value to your life. So we've built the product to make it so that there's actually no place for negativity right now. There's not even comments, captions. There's there's no way to troll. If I want to DM someone that doesn't follow me, I have to request to send them a song first and they have to accept it in order for me to even send like any words. So we're, we're really just trying to 
uplift the, the people that actually use the product as opposed to bring bring people down unfortunately Bless i know you. it's i know it's still early, right i know it's still early in the process for you guys and you're yeah. still kind of uh, iterating but yeah. do you think it'll stay that way do you think that like you you know you'll never have a feature where people can sort of comment beneath people's songs because you know like what that can lead to I mean, it's it's a solid question. We definitely have talked a lot about it, and for now, we're we're happy with where we are. But uh, I will say, we will bring on captions before we bring on comments because I think it's just easier to uh, maybe even have like prompts, right, where you can kind of craft the type of messaging around it. But you know, that's to be decided. But for right now and for the future, regardless if we bring in some place for more spoken word to, to take place, we want people to express themselves with words, with, uh, you know, with music, with other types of content, eventually curating different types of, of social media content. But uh, we really want to allow this to be a place for positivity and just uplifting people. Well, Elisa, I think it's one of I think it's the greatest innovation we have in terms of music sharing on social media. We've come a long way from just posting a song on Facebook and writing mood. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, like we we did that back in 2005 and we haven't come up with an innovation since until needle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of great things happening in music, but I love it. I love it. Oh, look at that. Heat up 4237 at half. This is wow. All right. <laughs> Maybe so we should broadcast every game just in case. Right. Just that's right. It's a beautiful we're, thing. We're going to start moving streams like around when the Heat play. Because I, I think the last time we had a Heat game on during a, a live stream, they won that game too. So that, okay. you know, I think that's what it is, is we need, it needs, we need to recreate everything, right? You need to be here, Elisa. We got to have a Mikhail staying here. We're going to invite him on back again. Next time there's a heat game, we're going to recreate everything to give us a heat victory. Cause I'm all about superstition around here. Yeah. 100%. We might not be able to get off right now. If we keep winning. We, that's right. Oh no. Yeah. This is, we're going to, we're going to make this like a three, two or three hour interview for sure. Yeah. Uh, cause like, I'm not about to fuss with any of this. I cannot have us go down three, two, that, that would just stress me out entirely too much. Um, tell us a little more about a uh, needles tastemaker feature. You were talking a little bit about this and the idea that you want to sort of create music curators and, and sort of advance their cause on your platform. And you actually do that in a way that quantifies it, right? Like you, the more that you are a tastemaker, the more that you, uh, move the music conversation along at needle, the more you're rewarded for it with like a point system, right? 100%. So there's more ways to interact with a song than there is a photo, right? You can, as I mentioned, you can listen to it, like it, save it to a playlist, repost it and kind of have it grow through, through the sharing of people. Um, but all of those different engagement activities, we've assigned a point score to. So we've weighted them differently to kind of show who the best curators are and to give you, you know, just a sense of, of pride and accomplishment and, and just kind of quantify those insights that we're giving you into the ways that people engage with your music. So people are, are really excited about it. We're, we still are being mum about the ways we're going to allow people to take advantage of those points and be able to utilize them eventually. But um, we have some tricks up our sleeves and yeah, it's, it's really exciting. People love, love getting points and love sharing music with their friends. I dig it. And you said this is in beta now, but anybody can set up an account and download the app, right? Yeah. We've been in the app store for a few months now. So all you have to do is search needle music, look for the beautiful circular logo, lots of colors and uh, <laughs> start having fun. 
Very, very cool. Um, I, I like where this is going. I love any kind of music-focused app. And selfishly, I love that cool tech is coming out of my own backyard in Miami. So we appreciate you creating a cool business right here uh, in the MIA. Uh, although Elisa's not in Miami anymore, she you know she grew up here as well. So you know this you know we we love what you're doing for our town, man. It runs deep, I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And uh, currently manifesting in the in the uh, form of our current sports allegiances at the moment. Uh, you can find out more about our guest's work by visiting needlemusic.co. Now, before we let you go, Mikhail, one last question for you: Do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward? I mean, I hate to just speak in, in needle terms, but really, I think that it's really exciting, the idea of being able to connect with your fans, whether it's 10 or 10,000 through the medium of music. And that's not just in you creating music, but you could actually curate music where there's a way to kind of build that trust and build that peak into your soul when, when, along the journey of you creating a song or uh, creating a piece of music through those pieces of music that you're drawing inspiration from. So I hope that they can, you know, log on to needle and start connecting with people new and, and old, um, you know, through music. And I'm just so excited that there's a way to now easily, you know, kind of just connect with your favorite friends and celebrities through, through a more powerful way than, than just photos on the screen. So. Absolutely. This has been a real treat. Uh, please come back on again real soon. Whenever you have new reports or new things that are going on, you have like, this is your home base right here. All right. We are, we're Miami people. We want to give you a place to, to talk about this great app and, and how you're flourishing. So uh, come back on whenever you feel like it. All right. Certainly will. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, cool app, huh? Yeah. It's what, what it reminds me of is like, you know, I, I work remote now, so I don't actually have this kind of option, but there used to be this website called, um, uh, this is my jam, I think. And we would all log in, in our open, in our open office plan. And we would all log into the website and we would each basically just kind of add a song to a playlist that we would just kind of play publicly in the office. And it was basically, we each took turns being the DJ and it was kind of a cute way to kind of discover like what everybody was feeling at the moment or like what the vibes were in the studio. Um, but also like some neat insight into the kinds of music everybody liked. So that's something that I've been kind of missing since, since working remote. And I'm realizing there's no like super easy way for me to on a regular basis be like, Hey, here's my vibe today. Here's the song of the day today, etc." Um, especially because different social media platforms do whatever the heck they want with links um, and don't necessarily like you leaving the platform in order to check out music. So they'll often suppress things like external links and stuff. Yeah. So it's hard to share things. <laughs> um, so this seems like a really, really cool option for folks that are all about making the perfect playlist um, for whatever occasion there is. And I'm, I'm definitely that person. It's really cool, and I think that it's going to hit like the next level of awesome when it starts integrating all the different streaming services. Yeah. Like you're starting with Spotify because Spotify, to its credit, is like the best with these kind of integrations with uh, third-party apps. But I'm sure they'll get the other ones too, and then it'll be an absolute party. And you know, I think what what I love about it is, and I experienced this when I was using the app the other day, is like whenever you get a like on any social media platform, it it, it makes you feel good. But there's like something special about when somebody likes the song you picked 
when your and, personal taste oh, gets yes. validated, whoo, oh, it's the best. And so when when I got on this platform and you know, I was just like, all right, I gotta make my top eight because I, I didn't have Spotify, I use Apple Music. So like I could it didn't just like pull my top eight. I had to like make the top eight manually, like a peasant. Um <laughs> I I just I was like okay what are the la- what are the eight songs that I listened to most in the last twenty four hours, and I was super embarrassed because I told myself <laughs> I was like whatever the top eight is question. I'm gonna put it like whatever it is, and it just so happens that I'm on, I'm still on my post Eurovision kick, uh, and so like rather than like cool music that like the kind of music the kind of bands you tell other people you're into to sound cool, I had a bunch of like you know. Euro trash Instead on there. Of me, I no. <laughs> yeah. And and so, but I was like, nope, I'm gonna put it on there. And like, I'm proud of this music. I understand it's not like the cool stuff, but I put it on there. And like, sure enough, like people like, oh, I love that. I like that. Oh God, it felt so good. <laughs> That's fantastic. I would be worried because I'm the kind of person that will like, I will have a song that I like and discover and then that will be my personality for like two weeks <laughs> and the only thing i listen to for two weeks and then i will never hear it again so that's gonna be a wild moment on the app it's just gonna be just like the same song eight yeah. times yeah it's, it's like you want me to pick my top eight songs of the day i've been listening to one song and only one song for the last eight days yeah so. <laughs> that's a very good point so yeah. so you're not the only one who listens to music uh, I'm not the only one who listens to music that way where like I will fall in love with the song and beat it to death until I can't stand it anymore. Yeah, I will hyperfixate and then some some songs I will hyperfixate on them. I will learn them, I will cover them publicly once and then I can never hear the song again. <laughs> it's bananas. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking forward for 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 needle to be my <laughs> my my graveyard for those tunes absolutely so i guess that's what the song of the day feature is for and and i love that it's it's music discovery too i mean that that's low-key the thing i like the most about tiktok and i like a lot about tiktok but the one thing i like the most is that like as i've gone into pandemic world i'm not driving around as much we don't have like mtv or vh1 anymore fellow kids um that's my new way to discover music is TikTok, and so and and there aren't as many music discovery options out there. So the idea that Needle, which is like a hundred percent all about music and the social music experience, I could see that being a way that I can discover new songs that I like, and I really appreciate that too. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's cool because it 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 brings word of mouth back. It brings the like, hey, I have this cool CD, bring it to a friend's house and you just like wear it out kind of thing. It brings that back. And like, yes, um, Apple Music and Spotify curated playlists are cool. But when it comes to things like authenticity and the algorithm, people are seeing through those things, too, and seeing through you know, what it takes for placement on those apps. And I'm sure that most users think that getting placement on those apps is just another modern day form of payola. So they can't even trust that curation from the actual apps themselves. So instead it brings word of mouth back from like, Hey, I trust this person. They're cool. So maybe what they're listening to is cool too. So I'm, 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 I'm glad that that's, that that's an option. And I I love, love, love that. This is a Miami company. See, folks, we are more than just DJs and real estate agents. We we can do tech as well. I love it. Um, Again, you can find out more about this uh, terrific organization by visiting uh, needlemusic.co. And I really appreciate him, uh, Mikhail, uh, for joining us. And 
Uh, thrilled to have you uh, joining us as always, Elisa. You are a treat to have on every week. And uh, uh, thanks to producer Lauren as well um, for uh, <laughs> handling so many tasks behind the scenes this week because this week was particularly maddening in terms of all the tech that had to come together. And uh, really appreciate what she's doing. And she gave us regular heat scores, which was nice. Hey! Um, I'd like to close by just uh, just talking about something real quick here. Just to, something that's on my mind, and we'll wrap it up with this. Um, <clears throat> so I, I have two distinct professional passions. The entertainment industry and education. And, you know, f- folks in these industries make up the vast majority of what I do in my legal practice. And you would think that... After 10 some odd years in the profession that I would specialize, that I would pick one of these two industries and focus on it. Certainly countless people in my life have told me, pick one. You can't do both of these. That's really weird. But I can't because I like the way I do it because I love the people that I serve in both industries. I love the amazing and gifted entertainers. And I love the brilliant and selfless educators that I also call my clients. I love these people in both of these industries so much. And I don't think I will ever stop serving either of these groups for as long as some bar association somewhere in the country is willing to let me have a license to practice. I'm going to be there for these people because I love them. I, I love these people so much. And they're easy to love because they are incredible human beings. But... It is also hard to love educators and entertainers because you have to watch them die. The people who are involved in these fields are often very stressed. Teachers are stressed. Students are stressed. And certainly entertainers perpetually stressed. But for the last 10 years or so, things haven't just been stressful. They've become dangerous. America is suffering from a mass murder pandemic, and the education and entertainment industries are no stranger to this. Of the 10 deadliest mass shootings in American history, six of them took place at either a school or an entertainment event. On May 24th, a mass shooter murdered 19 children and two teachers at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Just over four years ago, 17 students were gunned down at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, just about a half hour's drive from where we record this show. And just a year before that, the deadliest shooting in American history at the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival in Las Vegas. Stephen Paddock fired more than 1,000 bullets from the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel, killing 60 people, which is 11 more deaths than the mass shooting at the Pulse nightclub that happened a year prior. I am so hurt by seeing these industries, my clients that I love, suffering and dying. These deaths are tragic, but that can't be the end of the conversation. We also need to say what else these deaths are. Preventable. We don't have to live in a world where mass shootings are, as the last couple weeks have demonstrated, literally a daily occurrence. That is a policy choice that our country has made. Our country allows, and in some states often encourages, weapons capable of unbelievable amounts of death to be made readily available. It doesn't have to be this way. In fact, it isn't this way in the rest of the industrialized world. 
And so when another one of these horrific tragedies happen, many of us will go on Twitter and blame the leaders in government for doing nothing. We yell at Congress and the government for their inaction in the face of all this suffering. But if I could make an observation here, you should focus your anger towards the leaders and specifically the political party that is most responsible. Otherwise, we are letting them off the hook. While the Democratic Party certainly does not have a monopoly on good public policy generally, and while their record on this issue is far from perfect, make no mistake, they are a thousand miles closer to being correct on this issue than Republicans are. We need to be able to tell the Republicans that they are wrong this time. They are wrong for stonewalling universal and enhanced background checks. They are wrong for letting the assault weapons ban lapse. They are wrong for refusing to close loopholes. They are wrong for not enacting common sense legislation like the Untraceable Firearms Act and the Keep Americans Safe Act. They are wrong for at least not being willing to acknowledge that in the country that has more guns and more mass shootings than any other country in the world, that the guns might at least be part of the problem. One of the themes that we talk about in this program is the idea that as an indie artist, you are effectively an entrepreneur. You are a business owner. And as a business owner, which is absolutely worth celebrating, you also have a responsibility to advocate for policy that is good for your business. That is why on this show, we often try to keep you informed about things like copyright legislation and changes to labor law that are important for your industry. But you have to fight for good policy in this area as well. If we can't guarantee to our fans that they'll be safe at your shows, they will stop coming. If you and your fans have the possibility, even in the faintest back of your mind, that you could be risking your life at your next music festival, then we're going to start to lose those music festivals. So I sincerely hope that we can all work together to protect our industry and the people in it from this existential threat. Because I can't handle losing one more music fan or one more student. Thank you all for checking out the program. We'll see you next week.